Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. Okay, here we are, week nine, Get, coming up to a race week or sprinting into the next, sprinting yes. to the grid. <laughs> sprinting to the grid. It's finally race week, almost tomorrow, technically. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long four weeks. I really almost feel like this is going to be a whole new season. It feels like we've been through so much with the first three races, and now it's like we're amped back up for a, a whole new season. So can't yeah, wait. I, I think you said you told before this isn't normal to have so many weeks off in between this early in the season too. So it's been no. it's been kind of crazy. We'd planned on doing a, a team spotlight, but so much happened. I think. As the people got Nancy, it's just ramping up, like coming up to the race that, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we just got a lot to cover. So yes. before we get into that, how was your week? It's It was good. Um, very busy, I think. And so today I'm hoping after we're done, it's Sunday and I just want to relax and just chill out with a book <laughs> and some movies. Um, but guess what came up on my uh, Facebook timeline this morning? Or not timeline, memories. What was that? What we were doing six years ago today. What were we doing were backstage with Naughty by Nature and, <laughs> <laughs> and a whole bunch of other rap groups from the 90s. <laughs> but you were rapping for them. I yeah. rap for Tretch from Naughty by Nature. I love him. He's uh, amazing. It was so funny. Yes, I remember that. I remember we got backstage. And they were like, hey, what is this? The Suburban House Mom doing this for but yeah <laughs> don't let the exterior fool you <laughs> that's, right. that's right that's so funny all about the hip-hop oh my 100%. gosh so speaking of mama your daughter my my pseudo daughter and niece uh she is definitely just heating up our social media which i love <laughs> she is she doubled our um followers on tiktok because of the <laughs> the three videos that i posted with her rating the f1 drivers so hysterical. The comments were so funny because she just says these little things and people for sure picked up on them. Um, I haven't put them out on our other social media. I might do little clips. I just feel like they're better in their entirety. And I think that that is, it's more of a TikTok thing than maybe an Instagram thing. So yeah. go look for us on uh, TikTok. But the one thing I mentioned last week on our podcast was there was a common theme amongst the people that she rated really high and she rated all like the Spanish or Mexican driver, um, Checo very high, like nines, <laughs> even yeah. Fernando, which I thought Fernando, because he's older and usually she's like, ew, you know, not ew, like, you know, well, but it just seems inappropriate yeah. age wise for her to be, um, you know, thinking an older man, 20 something years older is, is really good looking but she she's like he's older but in a good way like i like it <laughs> so I she gets that, that. Uh, yeah i almost guess that because of her what you know the what of her relationships but i didn't want to go there but yeah she's yeah no. she's so smart i mean she's she's such a smart young woman and and i love her her attitude and her fight you know she's always standing up for the for what's right and i just yes. love her uh her her humor too she's like just she's and she we'll will to... tell it like it is. And she definitely tells it like it is um, on this. But, you know, we'll still have in the to night. Keep her, we'll have to keep her around for, you know, periodic 
Cardiac things. Maybe we'll, uh, you well, know, use her, you, keep her as a special special guest star appearance. She needs to be because people are asking her to rate other drivers. Um, so drivers from the past, so like Senna and that kind of stuff. And then somebody else said, um, show her Danny Rick, which I should have. I should have added Danny into um, this grouping. And then what was the other thing they said? Oh, oh, I should show a picture of Max. So I had a picture of Max in a tuxedo holding his world championship trophy from last year. And they said that I should show a picture of him like in his racing. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So we'll see. We will do more because she's, <laughs> I told her, she's like comedy gold. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. Well, well, for my week, it's been you know busy with work, but it finally got warm enough here in Berlin that I had shorts on yesterday, which is amazing. In fact, when we got up, the temperature here and the temperature in Orlando, Florida were the exact same. Oh, my gosh. It was That's so nice. Crazy. It was so That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Spring has sprung. So it's yes. very nice. Very, very nice. Well, like I said, we're not doing a team spotlight because we just have a lot to do. So we might as well get into it. Our goal of having 45 minute podcasts have been blown out of the water the last couple. So let's see, <laughs> let's see how we get to it. Start with some team updates. Yes. So um, first of all, on Tuesday, we were excited to hear what the FAA, if they would allow Ferrari to have a review of signs as penalty from Australia, and they turned them down flat. Didn't even want to hear it. They said there was no new evidence, um, nothing nothing new, so goodbye. Um, I guess Fernando had even done a statement um, in Carlos's, you know, favor, saying, you know, it, it's going to happen. It's the first turn, all of that good stuff. And uh, they said, no, none of that is new. They knew all of that before, so nope. So both Carlos and Ferrari put out press statements. Carlos said he was really disappointed. He still felt that the penalty was disproportionate um, to what happened. And I kind of felt like they both threw a little bit of shade because they said they look forward to having conversations with the FIA, with F1, with the other teams to ensure that there is consistency moving forward. And Carlos said that the inconsistency has been a hot topic for many seasons and they need to be clearer for the sake of the sport. And I feel like you and I talked about that on last week's episode is the inconsistency of penalties just over the past, you know, couple of years. So, you know, they're the teams have said it, they're calling them out. So we'll see. Yeah. What happens. I agree. And and it's one of those things that, you know, you've got, especially with this influx of all these new fans that are coming in, you you want to, I would think that the FIA would want to get that shored up and, and try to, because to, perception, man, that's the whole phrase, perception is reality. And you can get, you don't want to lose this fan base. You're getting this whole big up ramp and all these people coming in. And yes, drama can breathe a lot of like, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. But you really want to be that F one to me has always been this elite version, like the, yes. the the pinnacle of all of motorsport and having that air of of how just better. And and not yeah. better like in a snobby way, but better in a cleaner, more elite, more professional. And this just takes it down a notch. So I really mm -hmm. hope that They'll listen to that and and step outside of it and really think that maybe a little more introspective and go. You know, we need to clean this up but again. Like we said last week, they've got so much technology, so many cameras. There's no excuse for it to take so long to to 
make certain decisions like we saw, I think, in the second race. And in this yeah. race, the inconsistencies between Gasly and and Carlos and, and whatnot, they're just it, it needs to be fair and balanced and clearly laid out guidelines. And if there is a difference, then state the difference so everyone understands. Like the company I work for, transparency is one of our number one values. That's yeah. the key. Say it. Let everybody understand instead of just being because we said so. Right. Exactly. At least get the conversation going. I don't know that they will have those conversations this year, but let's let's make a plan once this year is finished then to have sit down and have those conversations. Where have we gone wrong and how can it be fixed? So we'll see. I mean, t TBD on that. Um, Ferrari has also said that they um, still believe in their car. They um, are planning some changes, just some updates that are going to be happening uh, actually over the next several races. So Fred, the team principal said they're sticking with their plan, but they're making adjustments. We're not going to see any of the changes in um, Baku because of the type of track that it is, but we will see changes in Miami and then in Imola and then in Barcelona. So they're not going to bring anything new to Monaco probably again, because it's that tight, like there's not a lot of ability for overtaking and different things there, but in Barcelona, we'll see even more changes. So very exciting. We'll see what happens for Ferrari. Yeah, Hopefully they can kind of turn that ship around. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll you'll, you, you'd like that since you'll be there live. Yes, very much so. Wouldn't it be great to have like a, a like two, have the three stop, top places be have filled by Ferrari and Aston Martin? Amazing. I would love it. Especially with two of the those drivers Oh my gosh. I was like, I still got to get that pinky down. Um, two of those drivers, uh, being Spanish, like mm -hmm. in Barcelona on the podium. That'd be amazing. It'd be so cool. Of course, so, I, need so cool. I need Alonso to be first. I'm just saying. Yeah. Alonso for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we head up, uh, Mercedes. Mercedes. So there was a switcheroo in Mercedes. So James Allison is moving back into the technical director role that he left almost two years ago. Um, and Mike Elliott is going to move, be moving into the chief technical officer role. So there's been reports that Mike Elliott said he was just finding that his skill set didn't suit that chief technical officer role. And so he went and talked with um, Allison. Allison had been working three days a week. He was striving for more of a work-life balance. And that was kind of why part of the reason he moved roles. But when Mike Elliott came to him, allegedly, this is what happened. They started talking about it and they said, well, why don't we switch spots? Because, you know, clearly we want to move the company forward. We want to move the program forward. So they went and they talked to Toto. He blessed it. And it's been in the works. We don't know how long, I think. It just came became public knowledge last week. So there was a lot of talk about it. Um, but I thought it was really pretty cool that, to me, it speaks more to like the environment there where, yeah. you know, Mike Elliott's like, you know what, this, this really isn't for me. Like, I don't think this is using my skills and moving the car forward, moving the program forward the way that we were hoping. And I love that they have... Like they just sat down and talked about it and talked it out and they want them to be successful in their roles. They want the program to be successful. I just thought that was, I found that really, really cool rather than digging in their heels and just keeping people where they are, which a lot of companies do 
do. You know, they, yep. they don't say, okay, let's make a change. Mercedes knows they need to make a change and they were willing to adjust and do what they needed to do. So I thought that was kind of really fun. So um, anyways, now it seems like Mike Elliott is going to take on the more strategic view, like moving forward. And that includes the changes that are coming in 2026. And then Allison's going to have control um, of the car design. So that's cool. Yeah. 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 I, I like that. They... You know, it's kind of like the any place where you let the, the, the team figure out what's best for the team is always it breeds a, a, a better environment, you know, for working and for progress. You know, that that, that to me, that's a it's healthy. It's just a, a healthy environment. Absolutely. Go where you're going to shine. And when you're shining, it's going to elevate everybody else around you. So uh, to me, I was just like, oh, I really like that, that peek into the inner workings of Mercedes. And you can tell, like, to me, that just means they want to be back on top and they're willing to, to make the changes to do that. And from a leader perspective too, when you see that at a leadership level, that really helps set the, the stage and the precedent for employees as well. And for the rest of the team to go, Hey, you know, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling comfortable. Maybe it's the, I could have that same opportunity to do the same thing. So that's yeah. really cool. I think it's awesome. So we know that they've been talking about changes coming for Mercedes, um, including, I think, a new side pod. Uh, George was quoted this week saying that he's been testing in the simulator the changes that are coming. Of course, they play everything very close to the vest and he can't say tell us anything more, but he said that they are heading in the right direction. So I again, with the course, um, Baku being so different, a lot of the teams are saying, you know, don't plan to see those updates right away, but <laughs> but maybe in Miami, maybe in the races to come, like once we hit the European section. So yeah. I'm excited to see what they do. I just thought it was an interesting little tidbit for you guys on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So and then have, uh, yeah. Yuki, this was like Yuki's week. It was like, did we miss a national holiday for Yuki? Everywhere I turned, it was stuff about Yuki. So F1 came out and said that Yuki and Lewis are the only two drivers to gain um, positions in all three races so far this year. So out That's of such 20, a fascinating stat. That's right? so fascinating. It's crazy. And he had more positions gained than Lewis did, which in a way makes sense because Lewis is generally has been more towards the front of the grid. Um, and Yuki's been a little bit farther back, but I'm like, that's awesome. I love it. And it goes along with the team came out and said that they are really happy with the effort that he's making. And he's, you know, made all of these different changes. He's calmer. He's working out with Daniel's old trainer. And I think he seems to be having a lot of fun. And I think you can see like the difference there. So before, if you knew Yuki, when he first came in, he did not want to work out at all. Like, you know, he, he was young. He's like a young, you know, college age kid. He was not interested in any of that stuff. Um, they said he's able to articulate his needs better so the engineers can, you know, work a little bit easier with him and give him what he's looking for. Um, and then on, I think it was F1 Beyond the Grid. They have, they have a couple different podcasts. So I always forget which one's which, but I think it's on Beyond the Grid. The whole podcast was him. And I listened to the whole thing and it was just so cool to listen to him because there is so much depth there. He talks about food. He's such a foodie 
and he really knows his food. And I love that um, about him. But then also he was talking about how he's learning from people like Fernando and how like last year, I think it was, he was holding off Hamilton and Hamilton finally got around him. But he said during the race, he was watching Alonzo who was then holding off Hamilton. And he was taking, like he was picking up on the way he positioned his car or where he put his car going into different turns. And he was learning from that. And he said, he's a huge fan of Fernando and he always wanted to do the helmet swap, but he was too afraid to ask. Um, and he said that last year, I think it was last year, Fernando suggested like Yuki, let's switch helmets. Let's do the helmet swap. And he said he was trying to be all cool on the outside, <laughs> but inside he was so excited. And I thought Yuki is all of us. This is why he's a treasure. Like we all would have been dying inside, but trying to maintain like this, you know, calm exterior. And it's great to see that he is calming down. Cause you know, for a while he was just like off the cuff and kind yeah. of disrespectful, you know, and, it's yes. nice to see the, the maturity. The maturity is coming, and he's he's getting there. And it's I think it's just interesting considering, um, you know, how Nick had come in as like he was going to take it and lead it and lead the team, yes. and Yuki just sat quietly. And Luke Yuki is letting his actions show his yep. strength, right? Yep. Which is his his words, which is which is good. I think it's great, and and like you said, they were expecting that. And he has stepped up and he's outperformed Nick in the first three races. So they definitely need to give him a better car if he's going to, you know, consistently try to be in the points. One thing I think that gets forgotten about Yuki is that he really only before he came to F1, he only had two seasons in like a single seater car. He made a huge leap into F1. So he definitely had some growing pains, I think, but he's settling into himself. And, and again, we talked about this in previous podcasts. This year, he knows he has to prove himself, but he's mm -hmm. he's stepping up to the challenge and his bosses are seeing it. So I, I'm excited for a better year for Yuki. Oh, I am too. A million percent. And can't, can't do a, a podcast, it seems, without talking about Red Bull. <laughs> they are like the top team <laughs> but yeah so they dropped some of the most creative livery designs that they got for miami so um, yes if you're listening go check out on youtube because we have each of the three car designs that they posted so we mentioned this um actually during the launches they said that for each of the u.s races they were going to hold a contest and um have a fan designed livery and so for miami they dropped the top three well i don't even know actually i shouldn't say that they dropped the top three these may not be the top three these were the ones they said are the most creative the final design is going to be announced on may 3rd um but they're all very tropical this one um that we're showing has like palm trees on it it's like pink and green and i think that one was my favorite yeah and the, and the post says it's the few of the most creative yeah, um, and the full reveal is May third. I like this one. I like this one under the sea with the crabs and all that. Probably because I'm a scuba diver. Oh I yeah, I do love this one too. I th this is so good that it does make me wonder what the one they chose looks like. This is very SpongeBob to me, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love SpongeBob. I like this was kind of abstract and artsy. It makes me think of uh, South Beach. Yeah. And I think I wonder if that's what the person was going for who designed this one, if they were trying to get kind of a South Beach feel to it. I think you're right, because it is very abstract. It, it's got that 
more high-end art look. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see their their rebel. I th it's kind of interesting. They still have the bull on the top, so I don't know that it all goes together perfectly. I wonder if that was the requirements. Yeah, because all sure of them, that's kind of the the area. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. It's interesting. It's very. Yeah. They're all they're completely different. All three of them. You know. All three. So yeah, when when we see the announcement come out on May second or May third, um, right. for the one that they actually will be using in Miami, we'll throw that out there on our social media. And then another thing that I thought was really cool that they announced is they are doing two road trips. So there's one in Europe that's going to end in Silverstone, and then there's another one in the U.S. that's going to end in Vegas. And on both of those road trips, the last leg, Danny Rick is going to be the driver. So I went and looked at the U.S. one because I'm still trying to figure out how to get to Vegas. And um, <laughs> like, well, let me see how this works. And my initial I, thought, I'm actually trying to get to Silverstone. Oh, I want to go to Silverstone. Oh, <laughs> OK, we'll talk about that. Off <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> um, I initially thought that it, they were just going to, you know, be driving the car from I think it starts in LA for the US and, and hit different spots. And they would tell people we're going to be at this spot and people could show up there. But what they're really doing is it sounds more like a, maybe a caravan or maybe they're doing buses. I don't entirely know, but it, it whatever you pay, because they don't give you the price and you have to reach out to their hospitality team for info. And since it's <laughs> considering everything that it includes, I would not be able to do it. I decided not to waste hospitality um, time and in asking this question but it includes like your food it includes um hotel one night in the u.s trip they are camping or glamping i don't hopefully it's glamping and not camping but camping in the desert um and then it includes like i think a special reception once they get to vegas it includes race tickets i think it includes your hotel there so I mean, this is going to be very, very pricey, but <laughs> it sounded like a lot of fun, like a blast. It does sound fun. We'll have to look into it. Why I can't be independently wealthy, I don't know, but um, <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play. I know that doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help. But somebody won, like I don't know, they won not the Powerball, but a Mega Millions or something down here at the grocery store I go to all the time. I saw Maybe some the, like the, the billion a couple of what last year or something. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Anyways, yeah, we'll have to look into that one. See what that was all about. Yeah, somebody could sponsor us. We, we would take it. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned yeah. your name every five minutes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wear your shirt, hat, whatever. We'll look like an F one driver with the logos face, all yeah, over whatever us. <laughs> whatever you need. Come on, Red Bull. We'll be your biggest fans. <laughs> All right, McLaren, McLaren. You said we were talking about driver programs earlier. They, they do have a new driver program you were telling me about. Yeah, they do. So it's it's new. Well, they're saying it's new. I also read someplace it's like a relaunch or something. But anyways, um, it's being led by four, former McLaren test driver. He's an F1 driver. He's a Le Mans winner, um, Emmanuel Piro. And their hope, just like all the other teams that have the driving programs is to support drunk drivers moving, you know, into F1. So whether from karting, um, it might be people that are professional race car drivers, but just in other areas. So maybe like IndyCar or what have you. Um, and they're 
their goal is to create like a little pipeline of talent. I mean, I feel like they're a little late to the program, but, <laughs> but Hey, better late than never. But the one thing I didn't necessarily see was any mention as to like women drivers. So not sure if that will, if they'll also be included coming out of the karting program or maybe one of the other programs, but a lot of the really great, um, women drivers out there are snapped up by Alpine and, you know, Williams and like all of that stuff. So maybe, maybe they are going to do that. It just wasn't necessarily specified. So. It's interesting. I, it, I wonder if it's a relaunch too, because of just losing out on some of the good drivers of the last couple of seasons, you know, they, they tried to buy them away from teams and then they lost them back to other teams and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. We shall see. Um, so one thing I that was kind of on my mind, I keep calling this little four-week break, spring break. Um, and so this four-week period is different than the summer break that happens. Um, I think that's like in August or something, um, where unlike that time where they are not allowed to touch the cars or do any work on the cars, it's truly a, a break time off teams have been able to work on their cars. And we know that they're making little changes here and there. Nobody has the cost cap. You know, I think within the cost cap has the money to completely redesign the car, but they can all be making adjustments to kind of like help, like what they're seeing, where, where things have not been working so far. So I'm just curious, like your thought on if you think these little tweaks are really going to help in the next 20 races or who you're hoping these little tweaks and little fixes that they're doing is going to help do better. Because really, even though it feels like we've been through a whole year of races in the first three, we've got 20 more races to go. Anymore. I'm hoping whatever it is that seems to just be keeping Aston Martin on the edge, like they're just so close. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you saw, I mean, Alonso is yeah, third three times in a row, but what, what's keeping him such a great season driver was he was what, I forget 15 seconds. He was many seconds behind Checo in that uh, this last couple of races and, and Max, what is it? What's keeping him and keep continuing to fall so far behind the Red Bull car? I mean, I'm hoping Red Bull hasn't made even more changes that gets them even faster and faster. But like, just like, can, can Aston Martin get up? Like, can Mercedes get themselves a little further up there, too? Because they both have pretty decent cars and yeah. great drivers. So what more can they do to, to, to tighten that gap with Mercedes? That's what I'm hoping for, yeah. for the, the front of the pack. And then for the the, the mid, because I don't really think we have much of a back. I'd love to see how much more Alpine and Williams have done to pull themselves up further because they've, they've done so well, I think, this yeah. year. I think better than a lot had expected. Yeah. I think I've heard it several comments and different commentators talk about how they didn't expect the cost cap to have such quick results um, yeah. in, in tightening up the pack. It, I'd like to see what they've done to bring them up because, you know, you know Yuki and Gasly and, and some of the others have, have done so well and, and shown up in the, you know, higher up in the points. I'd, I'd like to see that. We were talking in one of the episodes, just how close some of the different point groups are. We've got a lot of people tied. It, it'd be interesting because I'd love to just see it just bounce all up and down this year, you know, and especially yes. in that area and it not be just like, oh, well, this one's just fall so far out of the way, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's another thing um, you and I talked about earlier this week is that all the teams have scored at least one point this year. 
And I can't remember if that's like the first time that's happened or it's been a long time since that happened. Um, but I remember saying like, I think it's a fun time to be a fan because they're, they are competitive already and they all know they need to make these changes. So I think I'm most excited to see Williams because they, they have performed pretty well. Um, but also Alpine, like you said, they've been so close and especially the last race, like in Australia, they were both looking so good. They took, the then, they took themselves out. <laughs> yeah. So, and Pierre, I mean, okay, I'm just going to admit this and don't come at me, but I used to think like Pierre was a little overrated and I thought not this year. I can see what everybody else <laughs> saw in him <laughs> because he really has been up there. And so I fully admit when I'm wrong, I was, I was wrong on that a million percent. So I'm rooting for him. I, I and Esteban also, but I would like to see those two teams. I want to see what they have going on. And then of course, McLaren, I, I, I'm feeling for Lando right now um, because the car just has not looked good, but we all knew they were having changes coming for Baku. We know that Zach Brown has said we might not see the, the results in, in this race, but moving forward, we will. So I think what's exciting, like you said, there's such a, a tight little pack pack that I want to, and everybody's working on their cars that now I'm excited to see, okay, who's pushed just a little bit harder. Who's done a little bit more, which, which adjustments are going to take effect and give them the results they're looking for. So I'm excited. Pretty interesting. And it dawned on me while we're talking, how does this set up any precedent? Because they don't, they may not change a lot about their cars year over year until 2026, right? There's not like a complete redesign or anything in, until 2026. Um, I can't recall with the, we haven't checked the status, and I know we didn't talk about this in prep of this in this episode. But there was a couple other teams that were buying, you know, buying to try to get into mm. in depth one. Yeah, I can't remember if they can join before twenty twenty six, and if they wow. did, no. Okay, so then it went affected. So it was just hit me. So it doesn't matter anymore. Never mind. We'll keep going. <laughs> just be learning. <laughs> hey, we're all learning. So. <laughs> All right, Uh-oh. Lewis Hamilton. I can't believe you said you've got this and reflecting on 10 years. I wow, know. 10 years. So I watched this YouTube. I think it was on the Mercedes YouTube channel. And they had all these photos kind of out on a desk. And it's, I kind of had to laugh because Vogue does this a lot um, where they have fashion. They'll have some uh, either a famous movie star or um, a model. And they have all this fashion that, you know, over the last 10, 20 years. And they'll pick up a picture and they'll talk about it. And so that's what they did with Lewis. And the one thing that stood out to me is he was talking about how when he was with McLaren and he was looking at moving to Mercedes, like his dad and he, he said just so many people were telling him to stay with McLaren. But he knew like in his heart, like deep down that Mercedes was where he should be. So he took the risk and really wasn't listening to what all these other people, including his dad, who, you know, usually you put a lot of stock into like your parents, what your parents have to say. Um, And he went to Mercedes and I was like, you know what? You did the right thing because look at the career that he's had with Mercedes. And I thought, I think Lewis is like a little guru. He's super positive all the time. And he always, you know, I I think that he's very self-reflecting. And I thought that is just such a great, reminder to listen to your inner voice, even when people that you trust and you know have your best interest at heart 
sometimes you have to go with what your gut is telling you, what sometimes you're being yeah. told deep down. So I just thought right. that was kind of interesting. I appreciate his, his wherewithal. You know, he continues to to, to work in a, in a sport that, you know, with diversity is tough and, and he keeps fighting the fight and, and he can yeah. sit back, push back and he just continues to, to do what's right. So I yeah. really appreciate that. You know, me and my passion for diversity. So I, I think that's just uh, amazing of him. So I definitely like supporting him. Yeah. All right. We have one more thing on teams. This one I think is a, uh, Almost a pseudo announcement we just talked about. So, F1 Academy. Yeah, they have their first race this weekend. So, not only do we have F1, we have we have uh, F1 Academy. <laughs> so, there's two races. We don't know where it's an interesting it. name for it. Yeah, F1, Academy. F1 Academy. I have to think about it. Yeah, we were looking earlier this week to see where we could watch it. We're not really sure where we can watch it, although their website, I think, will have timing and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, they have a very different format than F1. And so Claire and I were actually talking, we, we really do want to talk about F1 Academy. We want to promote that, the, that sport, um, but it's so different. And so we're not going to have time to talk about how that works and racing and all of that stuff on this podcast. So we might be coming at you with a little shorter version <laughs> throughout the week about F1 Academy. So, yeah, yeah. So, if so, we'll just set up another like kind of a, a well, on YouTube, it'll be a different playlist and we'll just have a different kind of like subtitle so people know the difference. So, we'll release our normal Tuesday release for this one and then we'll just have a, a, a separate release for uh F1 Academy just because yeah. it's a lot to cover and we definitely want to continue to promote, especially women, for she loves the grid, um, the the that side of the sport for sure. Absolutely, I'm excited for it. Got to find it. Hopefully, we'll get live broadcasting somewhere. Um, if not, we'll just have to watch it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can gather the the knowledge after the fact, but yes, I think it's, I, yeah, I don't know. I was just going to repeat myself and say, I think it's, it's really important. You know, we want to, and they only have seven races this year and the next year, I don't know how many they have next year, but they will follow more on the same weekends as F1. They'll be at the tracks um, with F1. And maybe everybody. that'll make it easier for the broadcasting, right? Because then it won't conflict with the timings and, and all that F1 TV can cover them easier. So exactly. that might make it easier. Yeah, because this yeah. this week, obviously, F1's in Baku, and then the F1 Academy is in Spa. So yeah. it's a little difficult. Yeah. All right. I think we're doing good on timing. So good yeah, basics. It's Sprint basic. race weekend. So now we get to talk a little bit about what a sprint race is. And it's I know. Finally, we have mentioned this so many times and I feel like it's already here, even though this has been the longest eternity, four weeks between races. So sprint races are happening six times this year. They doubled it from last year. Last time they just did three. I We're going to show you a little graphic on what we think the um, weekend is going to look like. But Your video just went really weird. You're purple. It is purple. I don't know why. That's <laughs> yeah, so weird. I'm not sure why. Now you're pink. Okay, well, it's mood lighting, people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not okay. Well, we're just gonna go with it. We're just gonna roll with it. Okay, you have so a filter. what's that? It's like you have a filter. You're like a disco I know, filter. and I definitely don't. Okay. Anyways. 
just most thank goodness most people are looking i mean not looking at us because most people listen they don't look okay so let me get my stuff out so here's what everybody kind of thinks this weekend is going to look like for the sprint this is not official supposedly all of the teams are in agreement on this schedule but they the fia is not going to be until maybe tuesday to vote on this so this is what's showing actually well i will say this on f1's website for saturday it does not say sprint qualifying it says fp2 so we will update this if we wake up on Tuesday morning and we find out that they've made a change or there's more information on how like sprint qualifying is going to work. Um, I will do a little video and we'll post it out there on our social media. So just wanted to kind of give that little thing out there, <laughs> put, put that out there. This is this could change. So this go round. We are looking Friday morning at having an FP1. So that's going to be your normal one hour of practice for the teams, get the cars set up the way that they like them. Um, and then instead of FP2 on Friday, we are going to have a qualifying to set the grid for Sunday's race. So Friday qualifying sets the grid for Sunday. Saturday, we're going to have some sort of sprint qualifying. Now it's been totally up in the air on what that looks like. Some people have said it was going to be like our usual Q1, Q2, Q3, but Q3 was just going to be one lap. Now it's been said, no, they're not doing that. We're still gonna do Q1 to Q2 and Q3, but the times are gonna be shorter. So it won't be the usual um, quality times that we see where it kind of goes down. I'm sure the times will go down, but it's going to be shorter. Um, that sprint qualifying is going to set the grid for the sprint, which is going to take place Saturday afternoon. So we've got stuff happening all three days. All three days will make a difference in the sense that Saturday you get points for how you finish in the sprint. So We'll see how that goes. So there is points there. I believe that on Saturday, the sprint is gonna be made up of 17 laps or 60 minutes. So whichever wow. comes first. Um, it usually is, I wanna say about half the number of laps. I think there's 51. So that can't be right, totally, three, four. Um, anyways, so about 17 laps is what they're looking for. We haven't done a sprint in, in Baku, and a lot of the teams, even though they're in support of this sprint schedule, some of them are not happy about it. Like Christian Horner is not thrilled. He thinks it's ludicrous to have, and that's his word, ludicrous, um, to have the first sprint race at Baku, um, especially when you have Miami the next week, because one false move in you know, in these tight, like if you're looking at our screen on um, YouTube, you see like the tight corners. It's a very tiny little street mm -hmm. that goes around these medieval walls. Um, and so one false move and you, you could be done. And that's expensive. And especially for Red Bull, because they are at the top, like why do they want to put their car at extra risk? So he's not thrilled about it. Um, Max doesn't think that sprints are necessary in general. He um, has felt in the past they're 
that most people are very protective of their cars, so it's not really that effective. And he's kind of threatened that he's not going to stick around in F1 if these become more of the norm, which I don't entirely believe. He's a competitor. I don't think he's going to go. Um, one, like on the pro side of things, I think that you have all three days, there is an impact versus having, you know, on Fridays, normally we have two practice sessions, but now one of those is a qualifying for Sunday's race. So that is impactful to the actual race. Um, Saturday, like we said, you get points, obviously Sunday you get points. So there's that. Well, there's less, and then there's less practice. And that was something they were talking about about last race is do we really need so much practice? Exactly. And I think that's why some people are concerned that there might be more and more of these sprints. It's, it's taxing, I think on the cars, it's taxing on the drivers. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. They're forced, they're forced to race twice in a weekend, technically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to go, you have to go all out if you want, if you want the points. Um, the fans enjoy it. We know, or it seems like Stefano, the CEO for F1, is really trying to push more entertainment in regards to Formula One. So this is a trial. We'll see if it continues in the rest of the, the sprint races. We've got five more after this one um, throughout the season. Maybe they'll have even more next year. We'll see. But I think it's going to be interesting because from what I understood, the teams had already received their tires for the next few races. I don't know if Pirelli is going to give them more tires now because mm -hmm. you essentially have two qualifyings and you have one and a half races, <laughs> like the way I look at it. So as far as strategy goes, I'm really curious, like even if they have some extra tires, you, I don't think you're going to give them like double the extra tires, the teams are really going to have to determine how do they best want to allocate the tires over these two qualifyings, over the sprint, over the actual race day. So that's what I'm really going to be looking for this year is, or this year, this, this weekend is how does that change the strategy for the teams? That's a good what point. And, that's a good point. And, and yeah, that's a really good point. And, and what you said earlier, too, about taxing on the drivers. I didn't even think about that when we were talking earlier and prepping that actually you've got to get all that energy up. You've got qualifying. I was just thinking earlier about you qualify for Sunday's race. How is that going to impact you? You know where you are on the grid for Sunday. When you go into qualifying on Saturday and in, in the race on Saturday, you have to be on for that. And that's probably laying in your head. And then how you perform on Saturday is going to weigh in your head psychologically on your race on Sunday. But just the fact of how exhausting this, we, we, we've talked about this before, about how they weigh themselves after the race and how much weight and water weight and whatnot they lose. That's two days back to back of that intensity. You know, and, and then we were going into what was it five, six races in a row, back to back racing. That's hard enough in itself. And now you've got the sprint race and a race is actually two. And I don't know if there's how many sprints there are in the next six weeks. There's other ones in there. Um, Remember. It's, it's that's that's pretty tough on, on these athletes. Yeah, it is. And I don't know what the temperature is going to be there. But I mean, when it's hotter, it's even more like it, it puts them under even more pressure. People, it drives me crazy. And I, and I will admit, like before I really knew about F1, you know, you think like, what does it take to be a driver? And I mean, they're pulling G's like there's so much that they go through in a race. Um, 
and and granted again the sprint is is less laps but you still are wanting to get as many points as you can and and with a season like this where the cars the teams are so close as far especially in that midsection um and we talked last week about points it, when you have races like Australia where people are crashing and points we've discussed are going to be really hard to get because the teams are so close in time, something like this, you are going to want to grab those sprint points, those extra points. It could put you, you know, higher, higher up. It could put you, you know, if you're finishing out of those points, you could be completely going to be in the high sixties, low seventies. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. No, that's not too bad. No, that's not too bad. But it's yeah, still, I, it's still a lot of work. It's still a lot of work. Yeah, especially it's a the number of, of G's that they pull. They've got to do that. You know, it's one thing with the qualifying and the 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 practice, like you were saying, but to do that for the a sixty minute race on Saturday and then to turn right back around and race on Sunday. Yeah, it's that's a lot. It's going to be a lot. And again, on this this circuit, I think it's going to be interesting. And another analogy analogy that's come up because you have qualifying on Friday and then that takes place for the race on Sunday like it's kind of weird you know where you're doing like half <laughs> I don't know you you're gonna have every day has an impact I is the overall thing I don't and I just I checked the next sprint race isn't until June 30th so they don't have another one in the next six weeks so that's okay. that's good at least so that is good yeah, but they're starting this six weeks run off with a sprint race, so they're starting it off pretty heavy. Pretty yeah, heavy. yeah, I think yeah, it's five yeah five races in the next six weeks, and then you go straight to Miami. So if you if your car gets hurt, <laughs> like crash, we were just talking about they've got to ship it to Miami, and so it's a yeah. it's a you know, cargo flight, but still that's a that's a much it's a much lengthier and harder process to get it from Azerbaijan all the way to Miami and then the race and then Miami back over the water back yeah. to the next spot, you know, so different than moving it around just within Europe. So exactly. I mean, I guess the good thing is you've got people back at the factory. If you crash all your front wings or something, they can ship them to Miami for you, but, <laughs> but still like, it's going to be interesting. I, I do normally like a sprint. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. And like I said, this is the supposed schedule. So if it changes from what we've told you today, we will go out on our social media and update it. Um, and I might just update it anyways with, um, a, a, I guess, since we don't know exactly how that sprint qualifying is going to work, then I will maybe do a little video or a little something to kind of let you know. Okay, you talk for a second, because I'm going to try to stop my camera and see if it'll start again. <laughs> I don't know why it's being weird. Clean the, clean the front of the camera lens too. So something about the IR sensors might be off. Oh. I got it. No. Uh, here's nice and purple. Purple haze. <laughs> start seeing purple rain by Prince here. Like <laughs> <laughs> something like that. All right. Well, I think that was about it for that. Now we go to Beyond the Grid. Uh, I, I cannot believe this first question. I had not heard this. I cannot believe I'm keeping up with this. My, my boy cannot be dating Taylor Swift. That just does not sound right. He can date me. <laughs> I'll date him. Right? I think it's ridiculous. So probably every other podcast, we don't, we don't focus on like the driver's dating lives, but this was too good to pass up. But 
every other podcast is probably, this is their lead story, but for us, it's not. So I think it was yesterday I woke up and saw all this stuff out there about is Taylor Swift dating Fernando Alonso. Supposedly they've been seeing each other for two weeks and all of the Swifties are going down rabbit holes talking about like he's posting 33, which we all know is when he gets his next win, it will be his 33rd win, but her age is 33 and he broke up with his girlfriend about the same time she broke up with her boyfriend. And I don't know, there's all these conspiracies out there and people have just taken it and ran with it probably because we're all bored as all get out because it's been four weeks since a race. And what else do we have to talk about? But these made up rumors about Fernando (laughs) and Taylor Swift. (laughs) But, and I like Taylor Swift and I think she puts on a heck of a show and she's a great businesswoman, but I agree with you. No, I don't want to see that crossover. No, no. I'll I'll throw it in the hat there right now. (laughs) Yeah, so we had to touch on it. First, I sent it to Anya because she did rate Fernando very high um, in her rating video and she's a big Taylor Swift fan. So I sent it to her yesterday and I said... You know, I don't think this is true, but <laughs> you also rated him very high. So I could see how maybe it would happen. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I'm going to start looking that up. I'm sorry, I don't like rumors, but that one I'm going to have to actually look into. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to it tell is. us because from what I've read and I did not go down the rabbit holes, there's a whole bunch of things that people it's, can- it's a, it, When you start typing in Fernando Alonso, the number one Google suggestion is Taylor Swift deck. So it's definitely a high search subject. So interesting. <laughs> but the good thing is maybe all of her friends who, fans who did not know anything about F1, now they might start following F1. They can listen to our podcast because we're all Fernando fans. And we can go from there. Yeah, More fans for the sport. Yay! Yeah, I'll start to look at that. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. Uh, Oscar and Lando in the English driving test. Okay. I love Oscar and Lando. I'm just going to say that up front. But they did kind of a driver challenge. So a lot of teams are doing this. Um, Charles and Carlos have done the C2 challenge for a long time. They just do something fun, pitting the drivers, you know, in little competitions. And they're usually really funny. You get to know them a little bit better. So McLaren did one. And it was Oscar and Lando sitting outside kind of maybe like at a picnic table and they gave them the driving test for to get your English driver's license and so they were reading the questions and then they had to answer the correct answer now I'm not going to say anything about people getting stuff wrong because I remember when Anya was going for her driving test and she was studying and she was asking me the questions and I was getting so wrong because you don't remember all those little technical things you're like no but nobody drives that way like so no, but let's he, talk about, wait, we don't, we don't want to talk about you and driving. <laughs> I'm a good driver though. I yeah, just, you're a driver. You're an angry driver. I'm a feisty driver. I'm a driver like feisty. Yuki. I need to mature like you are. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, We'll use but, that word, feisty. Feisty, yeah. But I just thought it, I just kind of wish they wouldn't have put it out there because I felt like there was no chemistry between the two of them. They didn't even have like a little bell to ring they were pounding, you know, the table. It's like, just didn't seem super thought out. Didn't seem like there was a lot of chemistry there um, between the two of them. And I swear at one point Lando said, this is boring, isn't it? Like, 
he, I, I just don't think they were into it. Maybe that's why there was a lack of chemistry. I, I just kind of wish McLaren hadn't put it, put it out there. Cause I don't think it was like to, a great, great. We may have to start doing some of these tests for fun. <gasps> Oh, we should. We should start we doing some of these. We could do some, yeah. We could do some TikToks like that. Just being you doing some tests at different countries. Like I'm never gonna drive in Germany, but we could do a German driving test. I'm still convincing you you have to move here anyway. So we could do a German driving test. See how well we do. Uh, okay, when we are together, we're gonna stay up one night. We'll have some wine and we'll stay up and we'll do a whole bunch of these. <laughs> on it, on it, on it. Okay, the I'm next come one. Up with some. Next one, I'm going to start it because you sent it to me and it was the, the best thing ever. And I, you know, I'm renting this flat. I hope to buy it one day. And once I do buy a place here in, in Germany, you know how much I had like smart homed my, my house in Florida. Yes. And I am all about the gadgets that we come up with behind me. <laughs> That's just my work setup. You, you guys do not see the personal setup that has like way more screens. Yes. Um, I did not have this, but they asked Williams principal for his, uh, uh, Williams principal, James Bowles, 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 about the craziest app that he has on his phone. Yeah. And he said it serves no purpose whatsoever, but he has an app that shows him the contents of his fridge and he showed the contents of his fridge. It's all it is. And he showed it and I love it. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Like, I still have been in Germany for two and a half months and still go to the faucet and go, I don't have a smart faucet. I can't wave my hand in front of the faucet and turn it on. <laughs> I mean, I finally have at least one light in this place that I can turn on and off with my voice. But like, oh, I could turn so many lights on and off and I could turn things. Oh, I love that. I know. I knew you would. And that's why I sent it to you because I figured if anybody would have this app that shows the inside of their refrigerator, it would probably be you. Um, but it must I be. I didn't know that existed. Oh, I have to have that. I have to. <laughs> but I would be so sad. But I thought it was so fun. I thought it was. I there's a. Them. I think Williams put it out there, but they did like 20 questions and they just asked him all these questions. And I thought, never paid much attention to James, but I think I really like James. He is funny. I, I he I, is I And I love how he said when he gets that, he goes, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he is funny. He's so good. And they asked him too, like, who would win a foot race between you and all the other team principals? And he just kind of looked at them and he's like, me, that's not even a question. Hands down. Like it would be me. And then I got a visual of like Fred and Gunter and like, although I think Toto, Toto. And, and <laughs> I think Toto and uh, Christian would be kind of competitive, but there's some that maybe not so much. <laughs> all right. So well, now I'm going to keep my eyes on the William principal. Yeah, he's absolutely. funny. Well, that and I see the principles in it. There's Mike Greg. So anyway, um, so many reasons. Okay, <laughs> we're nearing another hour. How do we do this? Okay, it is it is almost race week. Azerbaijan. I know it's off the back here. We have to do a series just how they have two names for every race location. I know. You have to anyway, stop about it. Another street circuit. Um, yes. it's uh, it's gonna be crazy. I love it. it is near Shoreline. I almost got tickets for it. I saw it. It's beautiful where it's at. So it's gonna be you, exciting. You did suggest us going to this before we bought our tickets to Barcelona. You suggested it, and I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know. Maybe we should have. We'd be in yeah. heading there now. It's gonna it's gonna be fun though. I yeah. love how you said you're gonna be white knuckling it. Um, well, it's be crazy. Yeah, around that first turn, you can get the cars three across. And I'm always like, 
stress ball when they, once that lights go out, you know, I am always like, because they're all gunning it. Yeah, and now you can get three across. We've seen the beginnings of the races and that first like straight, I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, like I said, mistakes are definitely going to be costly because yeah, there's between the sprint and then the race. And then a week later, they're in Miami. There's just, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, be so it's interesting 4 for you. Right. Right. It's 4 a.m. It's at 4 a.m. So I'm not getting up that early. Claire will be handling the social media. I will get up at five 30 or six. Afternoon for me. <laughs> but yeah, it's too early for me. I think qualifying on Friday is at a decent time. Um, but what I think is cool about this street circuit is like, you've got that, there's a really long main street. And so you get, you get a lot of slipstreaming there. And so you can get some passing, but then it like flips. So when they go around like the, the medieval walls, it's very narrow and it's tiny. And so it affects the way that they set up their car. So you either have to set up like with, I think it's with, is it with more downpours? Um, to either focus on the downforce for the straights, or you have to do less drag for the, for the, no, wait, it's the opposite, right? More downforce for the turns and less drag for the straight. I think that's how that works. That circuit's so, crazy. There's two DRS zones. Two DRS zones. Yep. And then, yeah, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be exciting. I, I always, I, I've said it a hundred times. I get so nervous around the, the street circuits with the, narrowness and mm, it's going to be going to be good. good. It's going to be good. Well, we're, we're going to be doing that. And then we should be able to record after that, that day. So we're yeah. back to a normal recording schedule. And yeah. uh, so this is coming out on Tuesday and then we'll see you guys after that one. So yeah, I think we're wrapping up. Thank you everyone yeah. for the following us. And those who get to watch us on uh, YouTube, get to see Diane enjoying <laughs> the purpleness of a, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to shut, down my, shut down my laptop for a while. But yeah, the four weeks of torture are coming to an end. We are starting race week. I cannot wait. And uh, yeah. back to the grid, back to the grid. And, and we get our first sprint race of the season. So lots to look forward to. Absolutely. Thanks for coming along the ride this week. Everyone have a great week and we'll see you next week after the race. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.